welcome to the Business of Learning, the Learning Leaders Podcast from TrainingIndustry.com. Hello and welcome to the Business of Learning. I'm Scott Rutherford, the Head of Digital Operation and Marketing here at Training Industry, here with my co-host Taryn Aish, the Managing Editor of Digital Content for TrainingIndustry.com. We had a great Season 1 and we're excited to make Season 2 even better. This season, we'll be expanding the episode notes for each episode and making more resources available to support the topics we cover in the podcast. To find the episode pages, go to trainingindustry.com slash trainingindustrypodcast. Also new for season two of the podcast, we're going to move to a new release schedule, which will give you a better idea when new episodes will be released. So starting with this episode, look for new episodes of The Business of Learning on the last Monday of each month. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. If you enjoy the podcast, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you have any topics you'd like to hear about or any other feedback, email us at info at trainingindustry.com. And now for episode one of the second season of The Business of Learning. Thanks to SkillPath for sponsoring this episode. Hi, this is Dan Rose from SkillPath. Since 1989, SkillPath has been a leading learning and development resource provider for professionals like you. Each year, more than 250,000 business people turn to us in our 16,000 training events to make their career journey more effective and long-lasting. Visit us at skillpath.com to see all the tools we have to help build better careers throughout your organization. Thanks, and let's get back to the podcast. Our guests today are Scott Farley, Group Director of Talent Management at Komatsu, and Dave Fowlman, Chief Learning Officer at SkillPath. Today, we're talking about the challenges of integrating businesses after an acquisition, particularly for learning and development, and how L&D can help employees adapt to a new business structure. Scott, Dave, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So let's start off. uh, Maybe we'll start off with you, Scott. If you could start by just telling us a little about your business and, uh, you know, for for those who may not be familiar with with, uh, what you do. Sure, absolutely. So uh, I work for a company called Komatsu. We manufacture uh, heavy equipment for the construction, mining, and uh, other industrial segments as well. Um, And recently, relatively recently, about two years ago, um, the company that I was working for at the time, a company called Joy Global that focused on the mining part of, uh, of that industry group, um, we were acquired by Komatsu. So we've gone, we've been going through, uh, the experience of being the acquired company over the last two years, figuring out what that integration looks like. And prior to that, we had made a number of, uh, uh, significant acquisitions, um, in our own space. So it's been interesting, say, over the last eight years to, um, experience integration from the standpoint of being the acquiring company. And now, of course, uh, in the last two years, uh, having been acquired, uh, my role within the organization as group director of talent management is to um, lead our, our strategy and our efforts around talent development, talent acquisition and uh, inclusion and diversity. And in the talent development space in particular, that that starts to kind of expand out into both talent management and learning. We're very much an integrated talent management um, function. And so uh, have had a chance over the last two years to give a lot of thought to this question of what is it that uh, talent management can do to add value in times of uh, what can be fairly tumultuous change for employees across the organization. And uh, Dave, just uh, maybe to set us off a little bit, could you give me just uh, 30 seconds or a quick overview of, of what SkillPath is all about? 
SkillPath is a learning and training company that um, has a focus on uh, the what would typically be called the business soft skills. So we have a particular uh, capability to support leadership, productivity, teamwork, communications, and compliance programs. Uh, we have uh, the capability to uh, customize solutions for uh, clients, businesses that we work with and have the opportunity to also leverage the capability that we have to uh, present on site at a customer's location and at the same time present uh, public seminars on a lot of these same topics that uh, individual employees of those companies can attend as they wish. So let's start in with looking at the experience of managing talent and learning development opportunities from the perspective, Scott, of first as the acquiring company. You mentioned uh, the Arc has been having brought on companies within within Joy Global and then having Joy Global um, be be acquired by Komatsu. Are there different challenges uh, when you're when you're the I don't know the parent for the lack of a better term? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know I, I think there are. I think there um, in in our particular case um, some of the the potential benefits ended up looking the same but i don't know that that's particularly common so fr from from the uh and i'll speak more to what i mean by that in a little bit but uh from the standpoint of being the acquiring company i think uh we've been very much looked at to bring project management change management um and and to really make the case to employees within the acquired company of how does this make their lives better or if there are changes that aren't making their lives better, is there some offset that we can talk about where maybe their lives are being made better in some way because now we've got professional development opportunities that weren't available before or uh, be because of the uh, financial uh, circumstances of, of the company that wasn't an investment that they were able to make and now because you're part of a larger organization, you've got access to some of these opportunities. Um, those sorts of things become part of the case for why engage with this new company. Um, and, you know, I, I think the biggest challenge a lot of times with an acquisition, you know, people can cross off all of the, the, logical check marks, the, the legal integration, the integration of financial results. I mean, those are all absolutely necessary and, uh, and need to be looked after. But we all know, uh, you know, the, the, the people side of one of these transactions is enormous. Um, and it, it, it shows up in interesting ways when people aren't engaging with the new parent company, if you will. Um, everything from, you know, the old sorts of uh, logoed merchandise and things from the old company still being out there on the desk to, you know, people just not letting go of that old name. Um, and uh, th there are there are things that you can do. And it, I think sometimes it goes even deeper than that. You know, we're going to focus on this site that used to be a site of the company that got acquired and we're not going to really connect. We're not going to collaborate with the larger organization. We're going to continue to operate as our own little entity. And um, I think those are some of the strategic decisions that an acquiring company needs to make. Are you going to allow that? And there may be good strategic reasons to allow it. Or are you going to actively look to bring 
these new employees into the fold and engage them with the culture and uh, opportunities that exist within your company. Um, that's what I've seen as our role as an acquiring company. And, you know, from a standpoint of talent management, we've been fortunate in that we have been able to be part of that positive case to say, look, uh, you weren't focused on succession planning. You weren't talking about high potential development. You weren't providing leadership development training. We can give that to you now. And so immediately day one, people were receiving something that hopefully positively impacted the work they were able to do and the opportunities they were able to have. Right. And you're talking about, uh, you know, really managing culture change through, through, you know, demonstrating, uh, demonstrating benefit to the employee, um, which, it would seem like the first uh, role that management would have for L and D uh, in the context of an acquisition would be okay. Focus on operations. Make sure that people are are skilled and able to perform appropriately. Which is which is sort of the the, the harder side of L and D, right? Mm-hmm. But what you're talking about is is you know all of all of the all of the all of the all of the facets that affect culture and and retention and uh, you know the, the the sort of the the softer objectives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we, and if it's all right, I'll shift just a little bit to when we were acquired by Komatsu. Um, Interestingly, they didn't, as the acquiring company, have that business case that said, or or that, that case to employees that said, now you get X, Y, and Z in the development space. We as Joy Global have been actually able to scale up and introduce development opportunities to the company that's acquiring us. And and so early on, we identified opportunities for the talent management function to come in and and do training on change leadership and some key soft skills that we saw as necessary for managers who were starting to engage with their counterparts um, in other parts of the business. Um, Cultural acumen at both the national and organizational level and product training. Um, and product training starts to get into that hard space you were just referring to, but we really had to sit down and think about what are all the ways that we can touch, um, this integration and help to facilitate it by imparting knowledge or sharing best practices or just guiding our leaders, um, to a mindset that was going to be really effective and, and help drive this change forward. And Scott, when did you start working with Skillpath and, and why? Um, it's a great question. We actually, uh, when I joined Joy Global, um, some of my peers at the time were already doing work with Skillpath uh, as a way of just strengthening the overall development opportunities that we had for employees. Uh, at that time, there there wasn't a lot, honestly, that we were doing um, internally in terms of uh, leadership development. And uh, one of my colleagues in Pennsylvania had been working with Skillpath for some time, offering uh, just regular quarterly uh, development opportunities, one-day classes, that sort of thing, um, just to keep bringing in relevant topics to the business. Um, we had an opportunity then in, I believe, about 2015. Uh, we were looking for training for some of our uh, team leads and supervisors in our manufacturing centers. And Skillpath helped us to uh, customize 
a training course um, on uh, supervisory skills and and particularly uh, in the moment coaching. Uh, you know, we were doing some other work with leadership development, but some of those coaching models were really geared more towards uh, what you do when you know you've got a performance issue or you're preparing for a longer term view, a career development discussion. And what we said was, you know, what we actually need is we need to help these team leads and supervisors with difficulty they're having in the moment. They see a behavior that is either unsafe or is somehow violating a process and they need to respond and provide coaching and redirect right in that moment. We didn't feel like we had that. And uh, Skillpath came to the table with a really nice solution for us. Um, based on that, uh, you know, we, we started to do more work making Skillpath courses part of our annual training calendar. And then when it came time to develop a course that would be uh, supportive of our integration activities and uh, the project that we had around change management, we said, you know, there's there's a change management model that we've been using, but that supplier is very rooted to English language training delivered in the U.S. And we felt like we well, we knew we needed to go beyond that. We needed to have it multilingual. We needed to have it uh, as something that we could effectively do a train the trainer for that wouldn't take months of certification. And again, um, very collaborative process with Skillpath to get us to a place where we had a three and a half day course, multiple modules that uh, we could train others in the business, both within the acquiring Komatsu business and within uh, that Joy Global business to uh, help employees at multiple levels to adapt to the change, to think about resilience and to, uh, in some cases, coach others to uh, adopt change more quickly. So it's been um, a long and varied relationship with Skillpath, but one that I really feel has uh, has both supported and elevated uh, what we've been trying to do with the talent management function. So it sounds like it's really been a partnership on programs and content that started, if I'm understanding it right, with Joy Global and then sort of extended to the larger and the combined business through the merger. I'm wondering, Dave, if you can comment to how Skillpath approach that in terms of uh, uh, understanding the needs and, and how, how did how did that relationship come together and, and, and bring us to the current day, if you could? Sure. No, and, and I would, first of all, really um, accent what Scott was saying earlier uh, about the challenge in a time of a merger or acquisition and all of the operational distractions that are going on and all of the reasons why an organization may say, we don't have time to really put forward a comprehensive learning program that our employees can personalize or work with their managers to personalize. We understand there's a lot of change going on, but we really don't have the time, resources, or energy to really think through solid change management. And so I think one of the remarkable things and something that's certainly been a pleasure for us to uh, participate and, and put together with Scott and Komatsu is a really comprehensive learning and development program uh, that all of the employees can participate in that creates an element of personalization and choice, which is very important as we all know these days, and at the same time really tackle those large global issues of change management. 
that are always present uh, in any time of a, a merger acquisition. And so uh, the starting point certainly for the work we did was the vision and the anticipation that Scott and others at Komatsu had about putting together a program that would address all of that. Uh, so we, uh, Scott alluded to this earlier, we uh, had the opportunity to partner uh, with Komatsu in uh, really creating two very distinct paths of learning. Uh, the first and long-term training solution initiative that uh, we put together with them has been to support uh, Komatsu's open enrollment training. And that allows uh, participants, employees to self-register for inclusion in a year-long curriculum based on the learner's needs or preferences without uh, any kind of formal assignment or required prerequisites. So again, you see that element of uh, choice and personalization uh, that's part of the program. Uh, we uh, went ahead and selected the right titles and did the design work, and those titles were then deployed uh, to Komatsu. And uh, the topics uh, were generally in uh, what you would just call the, the business knowledge or soft skills area, and they include areas like mastering negotiations, inclusion and diversity, uh, global communication and cultural difference, how to excel at managing and supervising people, which Scott alluded to, innovation and creativity, critical thinking and problem solving, uh, organizational savvy, time management, and personal influence. So that was really a, a comprehensive program put together so that uh, the associates uh, at Komatsu feel like uh, that, that momentum is absolutely going to their own personal development and really addresses the what about me question. But we also had the opportunity to uh, create uh, kind of a second line of training development with Scott and Komatsu, uh, which was really a consultative client-driven custom design that we did. And that's related to change management and everything that Scott alluded to. So we engaged with Scott and Komatsu to design curriculum offerings that were going to support the change management training needs that the company had. And we created kits that were composed of uh, core course participant workbooks and facilitation guides uh, for three topics that included effective peer-to-peer -peer coaching, change management and resilience, and emotional quotient, the keys to successful leadership. So uh, very consultative, very collaborative, very much a partnership between uh, the skill path team and Scott and the Komatsu team. Uh, and our client services model included creating on-site instructional design uh, with key internal stakeholders participating, uh, putting together correct curriculum mapping where needed, and really making sure that the solutions we were proposing had the right level of review and buy-in, and then had train-the-trainer activities and, and other elements to make sure that the program would succeed. You mentioned the collaboration between the, the two partners here, and I wanted to maybe dig into that a little bit more just to understand, because, well, my, my, I would, I would argue that, uh, um, training needs, uh, and development needs in a business are, um, if anything, not static. So there's always, they're always going to be shifting need. So how, how do you manage from both the business side and also from Skillpath as, as the, as the, you know, training provider partner um, in this. How do you how do you manage that collaboration? Both sort of identifying as needs shift, and then making the necessary changes to um, to the the course or program offering to to adapt to that. You know, it's a great question, and, and it's actually something that uh, you know another area. And I know we keep using this word, but I think it's it's really the right one. Uh, the, the partnership really allowed us. 
to um, to to challenge a, a, a practice uh, that was in place in some of my early dealings with Skillpath, where we said, you know, um, if we booked a if we booked a session, uh, one of those courses that um, Dave mentioned that might be part of our annual training calendar, that was it. We it, it was on the calendar. We were locked into it, and we needed to market to that and promote it, and uh, we were kind of locked in. Um, what we were able to do in the last few years is to really relook at that and and come together and say, okay, what we really need to be able to do is to perhaps shift a title. Um, perhaps we put something on the calendar. Uh, you know, we're in the process of building the calendar for our fiscal 2019 right now because um, our fiscal year starts in April. Um, here I am building a, a training calendar in February. We may get to November, and it may be that the focus of the business has shifted somewhat, um, where we're, we have an influence course on the calendar, but really the business need has shifted to innovation, gives us the flexibility to swap that out. And in some cases where maybe I put something on there and it's just turns out to not be the right time, uh, you know, people don't have the time to take the training or the topic is just not resonating with people. We can uh, drop that with notice and reschedule for a later point. So it's really given me some of the flexibility I needed um, to stay relevant because that that relevance with the business is absolutely essential. And I think it's essential for for well, I know it's essential for me and I think it's essential for a supplier like Skillpath as well. I mean, we. We both have a vested interest in um, in being relevant to the learners that we're supporting, and uh, uh, we've been able to come together and do that pretty well. I think. Now, I would I would echo and add on to what you're saying, Scott. The uh, what what is really required for a partnership and a collaboration like this to fully succeed is for uh, both of us to have the kind of business orientation that you're describing. And so understanding what's going on in the business, being responsive to it and making sure that learning and development uh, is absolutely and always related to uh, business performance, business operations, business strategy. And I think that's been one of the success factors is uh, both, both of us are oriented to thinking that way about, about the solutions that we're creating. I think another key piece is uh, what I will call, for lack of a better phrase, uh, systems thinking. And so Scott, in some of his earlier comments, alluded to making sure that you have that alignment uh, with performance management, succession planning, and that as you're as you're thinking through learning and development and solutions in that space, that you're also thinking about those el- other elements of uh, what I might call the talent system. And making sure that it may be the topics or what you're working on or the uh, parameters of the program line up to things that you're doing in the other parts of the, the system, the talent system that affects um, existing employees in so many ways. And so that, that's how we think when we're thinking of our solutions and the application of them is making sure they have that alignment to what is happening in the learning and development and human resource space uh, for our customer partners. And obviously, as you can tell from Scott's comments, uh, he's completely oriented that way. You know, looking back on this process, uh, Scott, is there anything that maybe you would do differently if you could do it over again? 
Well, let me speak to the process of integration um, specifically, and and then maybe we can uh, get into the process of development uh, of the of the course. And I'm thinking particularly of that custom solution that Dave referred to a little bit ago, um, that was built around change management, coaching, and, and emotional intelligence. Um, one of the things that I wish we would have done is is to better understand the cultural underpinnings for development sooner. So in Komatsu, one of the things that we have been learning about as an acquired organization is the Komatsu way. And the Komatsu way has within it three major components, but the one that people have gravitated to and I think understood maybe first before the other two uh, deals with seven principles that the company uh, engage, engages with and embraces, um, essentially an outline of company values. Well, the seventh of those seven principles deals with talent development. And early on, I read that and I, I, you know, read it at a rather surface level. I'll, 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 I'll own that. Um, and I said, wow, okay, this is great. The organization supports development. We can attach to that and say, this is something that's in line with that thinking. And, uh, you know, trying to drive that alignment, but maybe not fully understanding everything that was meant um, from a company culture standpoint within that idea of talent development. So for Komatsu, as it turned out, a lot of talent development is focused on the manager's relationship with the employee and the employee's willingness to receive coaching, learn, and develop and move forward. So it's it's not as much of a, a sort of a, an endorsement of the types of development programs that we've been talking about so far in this conversation as it is about um, making sure that both managers and employees are equipped for that sort of in the moment feedback that can elevate performance over time. That's a, it's a nuanced difference, but it's a critical one. And we kind of moved forward with this idea and we were attaching, we thought we were attaching correctly to the Komatsu way. We weren't, not entirely. And I think to have better understood that I might have positioned this training just a little bit differently and in a way that might have resonated more strongly. Uh, particularly in some of the parts of the business where, you know, these were already Komatsu entities. They already had a good grounding in the Komatsu way. Um, all of that, again, just to give us a stronger anchor point for what we were bringing in in terms of a, a development program. And the other piece uh, around the integration would be just to bring people together sooner and in more ways. Um I know that over my career, there have been times that I have kind of, you know, I've received evaluation forms and, you know, people commented, it was just great to be in a room with people and to network and connect. And sometimes I think for those of us that are developing content and facilitating content, there's a risk of becoming a little myopic and of maybe dismissing that value of bringing people together in a room. You know, we, we want to focus on the learning. And sometimes you can read that, hey, what was really valuable was just being in the room together. Like, okay, well, yeah, but what about all that great stuff I gave you? Well, you take a step back and maybe humble yourself a little bit 
and say, no, you know what? That's really valuable stuff. That time together with peers that maybe they haven't had a chance to build relationships with, that can really set you up for future success. And I think, um, you know, to recognize that, bring more people together in more ways early on, uh, would have been an opportunity to, uh, again, set ourselves up for even greater success. Um, we've course corrected and done some of those things now. But looking back, if, if I were to do a couple of things differently, those are some of the things that I, I would uh, want to consider. And Scott, what you're describing there is such a challenge, right? Because lots of times in a, a merger or acquisition situation, we very naturally are trying to identify all of those places where we have common ground or where we think that uh, we're, we're using the same words uh, and we want to lots of times assume that they mean the same thing. And lots sure. of times they do, and then sometimes they don't. So um, I think, uh, and I love what you said about that accent on relationships and how important that is. And uh, lots of times that's where the learning's actually taking place is, is in those types of things. But uh, you know, what I would say is uh, kudos to uh, the rec the quick recognition of that and and the opportunity to then go uh, do some course correction and I think that lots of times ends up being the the big thing it's how quickly you identify what may be some of those remaining gaps and go ahead and and deal with those directly and and uh, address them so it sounds like part of that system um, that, that 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 supports this would would require um, you know Scott you as sort of the the central central operation in 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 L and D to have um, to be well networked to the the managers and and to be able to you're, you're supporting it sounds like supporting uh, coaching conversations throughout the whole of the organization so mm -hmm. people can connect and people can understand really where the needs are and then, you know, hopefully collect that and feed that up into the central organization so that can be, you know, so you can respond programmatically to it. Yeah, ab ab absolutely. In fact, the uh, the initiative that was supported by the, the training that uh, SkillPath helped us to build, we referred to internally as uh, the KUDO program, K-Y-U-D-O, uh, which is a, a Japanese form of uh, archery. And the logic there was that, uh, you know, we wanted to attach some sort of metaphor to it that dealt with the, you know, sort of the, the focus of the archer, the flexibility of the bow and the momentum of the arrow as it leaves the string. Uh, that was my little poetic contribution to what we were working on. But uh, the marketing team wanted to come up with something that would kind of be that central metaphor for what we were doing. So we moved forward with this Kudo team. And to your point, what we did was we trained individuals at multiple levels. We trained uh, what we called Kudo masters, Kudo coaches, and Kudo ambassadors. And the role of the masters was to really kind of oversee direct traffic, um, build and leverage some of those relationships that in many cases they already had, but sort of uh, escalate and elevate issues to a core uh, change management team. Coaches were tasked with exactly what you just described. Uh, you know, if we're in a situation where, and there were a number of them where you'd see two management teams come together, one from Joy Global, one from Komatsu, you know, there was a potential to see some behavior that was going to be counterproductive. So how do we make sure that we've got people who 
are comfortable and trained and ready to coach in the moment or, or coach immediately afterwards and get some of those leaders back on track and into the mindset that's going to help us move forward. And finally, the ambassadors who were taking a much more pragmatic and functional approach to um, developing change management plans, driving them to execution, being attached to specific um, project work streams within a particular region or functional integration. And so we really did build this structure and the training that we developed with SkillPath was designed in that modular approach we described earlier so that we could kind of emphasize and de-emphasize certain sections depending on whether we were providing training to the master coach or ambassador level. So um, it was very much a system and, and very much uh, an attempt to leverage relationships with management and where we had to build relationships with management so that we had those lines of communication uh, throughout the integration. And we're about two thirds of the way through that integration right now. And I think that has, that approach has really yielded benefits for us. Okay. Well, uh, Scott and Dave, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, is there any, are there any uh, final thoughts that you want to leave us with? Scott, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Sure. You know, I, I, I think for me, one of the things that has really come clear as both, you know, a member of an acquiring company and, and now an acquired company, our role as talent management leaders uh, really can um, can be to provide a, a key element of value that maybe the organizations weren't thinking about when they went through due diligence and they went through and and figured out all the negotiations and and went through all the, the machinations of uh, of the the acquisition or the merger. Um, but the sooner we can get into the discussion and the sooner we can identify that maybe there's a gap that we can fill, maybe we can augment what's already in place. Um, I think generally the things that we can add as a talent management function are at best, they're going to be a matter of merging uh, two portfolios or, or two processes. Um, but in some cases, we're just an absolute positive. Um, I have yet to see a situation where, uh, you know, a new talent management framework comes in and people look at it and say, oh, well, that took something away from me. And so I, I think we're uniquely positioned in times of change like this to be advisors, to be um, educators, to be partners to the business, um, to help make sure that uh, that human side of change, which is so critical, is being taken care of and addressed in some really uh, thoughtful and productive ways. So I, I guess I'd leave it there. And I, I would echo uh, what Scott is saying in terms of uh, it's a huge opportunity. And with any huge opportunity becomes that challenge, right, to take advantage of it. And I think the, the challenge to, to all of us uh, in this space that we love so much is to not only be experts, in our practice and our specialties and what we do, but to be able to translate that value, just as Scott was saying, translate that value to business situations, to whatever the climate is of the moment, whatever the circumstances strategically or operationally that the business is going through. And so to have the opportunity to, with something like the change management 
program that we put together. Such an honor to participate in that and to do something where you're not only impacting the company's capability to absorb all of the elements that come with a merger or acquisition, but you're putting in place uh, permanently at that point, then change experts at multiple levels. And uh, that is a resource that uh, just keeps giving. Uh, than as, as the months and years go by. So uh, I will certainly say from uh, the skill path point of view, it's been an honor and a pleasure uh, to work with Scott and with Komatsu on this entire effort. And uh, it's been wonderful. Well, Dave, as you say, it's been a pleasure to work together. It's been a pleasure for Taryn and I to have you both um, on the Business of Learning. So thanks for being here, uh, Dave Fogelman of SkillPath and Scott Farley of Komatsu. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening to the Business of Learning. If you have feedback about this episode or would like to suggest a topic for a future program, email us at info at or use the Contact Us page at trainingindustry.com. Thanks for listening to the Training Industry Podcast.